All right, wherever you may be listening, whatever you may be doing, welcome to this week's episode of The Sustaining Artist. I'm Shoni Shukru, and this podcast is brought to you by Locked in the Attic Productions. We are here today in the tiny studio in North Hollywood, Los Angeles, and I am joined with Trent Mills. It is September Um, As we've been doing all this month, uh, we are interviewing people that have recently moved from the Northeast Coast to the West Coast. It's that time of year. It's about to get cold in New York. It's about to get cold all over the Northeast. And um, we're asking people how it's been going since they moved out here. Trent, are you ready to do this? I'm strapped in and ready to go. (laughs) All right. My day job is making me older. And my suits look like they are loners. And we are back. Fred, man, thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Dude, my pleasure. I'm so glad that we discovered we lived in the same neighborhood. I know. Yeah, I just ran into you finally after being your neighbor for a year. And I'm like, okay, I know you from back in New York. Holy shit. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, That's never happened, too. I've I've been in L.A. now for over a year. I've never been in a situation where I ran into someone I knew. So it's like, oh, yeah, I've actually been here for a while now. I'm running into strangers that I actually aren't strangers. So that was good. So, uh, Trent, you are an actor. Um... You um, are where, where are you from? Uh, I I was actually born in L.A., but I moved about roughly 30 times as a kid. So we moved all over everywhere. We lived in Utah, Nevada. Are you a military uh, family? No, just poor. Just really poor. What? Lived in a lot of motels, got evicted a lot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shuttled really? from grandmas to dads to moms. Yeah. Wow. So it's always a, that's always a... A more complicated question than anyone bargained for when they ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me, do not ask Trent where he's from. Don't again. ask me. Yeah. So, which of the shitty motels and towns was your least uh, favorite growing up? Ooh, ah, mm, Florida. We lived in Tampa for a short time Tampa, in a trailer right. off the freeway, and it was not a good time. (laughs) No offense to Tampa, but also, yeah, it sucked at that point. (laughs) Well, I I was, well, I'm a a wrestling fan and all the wrestlers live in Tampa because of the tax break. My dad, or my my stepdad at the time, my mom's new husband, was uh, an amateur wrestler. So it makes a lot of sense. He was from there. (laughs) The the Macho Man died in Tampa a few years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, he got a heart attack and crashed his car. I believe that was in Tampa. John Cena, all those guys are down in Tampa. Yeah. When did you, uh, were you living in the trailer in some shithole town and you just thought, you know what, I'm going to be an actor when I grow up? Or when did that... uh, that, you know, that happened. We were living in Utah, um, and we were in. We we moved to the town that Footloose was filmed in from LA when I was a kid. <laughs> Lehigh, and my sister went to high school there. And I saw a show she did. It was Pippin the musical, mm-hmm. and um, I was I must have been ten, ten or so. And I was just like, oh, I could do that. So you were inspired by the theater. Yeah, and then she she pulled me into a show. I must have been ten or eleven, and I did a show. And then I basically been just doing one show or performance or writing or whatever it is after the other since then. 
when did you end up on the northeast coast uh that's when i got into school in boston i went to school called boston conservatory um and uh oh so hannah jane mcmurray went hannah there. jane mcmurray went one there. of my favorite actresses one of my favorite humans humans ever yeah <laughs> she, she i'm gonna get her on the show whenever she's in la next she better get on this she's show. the yeah, best she's yeah. my favorite human shout out to shout out to hannah jane shout out to hannah jane yeah <laughs> so coming from such a poor background how did you make it to college uh, you know, it's an interesting story. Uh, I got into the school. I got a very small, like, scholarship. Um, not Nothing crazy. Um, still extremely expensive. And I wrote somewhere, because I don't have a family of anybody that could, you know, co-sign a loan. So I wrote about 75-plus letters to people in the town and uh, to Rotary Clubs and everything. This was in St. George, Utah at the time. And um, this guy that actually owned the charter school for the performing arts uh, that I I went to, um, opted to co-sign for my loans, and he did that for about three years. And uh, and then the last year, actually, my, my ex-girlfriend's uh, dad gave me a loan to get through the last year. Um, so suffice it to say, I am deep in debt. <laughs> <laughs> was it an acting, or was it just filmmaking? Or no, was it was musical theater. Um, it was one of the top musical theater schools in the country, which is why I was like, I gotta go, you know. So next stop you get out is obviously New York. Yeah, and I, and I wasn't planning on it, but I, I got an agent at a showcase, and I was like, well, I guess I should go. What year did you move to New York? 2011. 2011. What yeah. neighborhood did you live in? Um... The first neighborhood. Don't tell me a trailer in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's more trailer stories to come. Be assured. Uh, where did I live? I think I lived in Astoria. Oh, I, lo- I love. And I was Astoria. living on a air mattress in my friend's room, and we were splitting the room. Um, yeah, we did that, and then I lived every. I mean, I lived everywhere in between. I was also working. I worked on a few cruise ships, and I worked on Canada a bunch. Um, in Toronto doing this show, Evil Dead the Musical. And um, so I was kind of in and out. Um, but I lived there. I lived in the South Bronx before I left. I was in Washington no. Heights before I left. I lived in Corona, Queens in a so basement. every bad neighborhood in New York, you've uh, pretty much lived there. Every Did you make one. it to East New York or Bed-Stuy or you no. Ignored, right? no, I assumed that was too expensive for me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Bedside, that's too classy. Yeah, but the projects, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I got a real self-worth issue. <laughs> <laughs> Did you book uh, many paying theater jobs in New York? Uh, most everything I, I booked that was uh, that was of any substantial pay was out of New York. And honestly, I was really grateful for it every time because New mm-hmm. York was... Um, tough <laughs> yeah. for me. My first job in New York, I moved to New York in 2005, my first job was moving furniture and the the warehouse was in the South Bronx and that's I think one of the worst parts. Did you, have any, you ever get in any trouble in the South Bronx? No, not really. I There's a couple moments where like some guys talk to me but like I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a giant man. I'm 6'4", mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, I'm, I am the whitest of white looking men so like <laughs> I do stick out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. but as somebody told me when I lived in Corona, Queens, at <laughs> the bodega, and I was like, I was talking about, I don't think, I was like, I never get bothered. And because there had just been like a, a meth house break in or something like that down the street. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I never have any issues. And he's like, yeah, because everyone thinks you're an undercover cop. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long did you stay in New York for? I was there like five and a half years ish. Um, right. On and off, obviously going in and out of town working. Did you like New York? No, I didn't. I really didn't. What I didn't can... you like about it? What didn't I like about New York? Um, it's cold. Mm-hmm. 
I totally agree. The worst part of that city is it's, the weather. It's garbage. And yeah. then the garbage. And the rats and the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the it's, rats own that city. We're just we're just yeah, there. We're, we're just <laughs> there. They're pests, man. Yeah. I mean when it Or we're the pests. We're the, the pests. Yeah, the rat city. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like garbage in the summer. And no, for me the biggest part was just the culture there wasn't for me. I tried to make it my thing. And mm-hmm. I, I told myself, This is success. I gotta be in New York. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And um, it was just like people make it a sport to be mean out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't I don't like that. I like I like being kind. And I would be literally criticized for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like, think New York changed your personality? For me, I was very nice guy when I got to New York. And I'm not saying I turned into this huge asshole. Maybe some people might say I did, but my patience definitely dropped. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. You want to know? Here's this is it. This is, this is my mind when I'm not in New York. I'm walking down the street. It's like, oh, it's a nice day. I might be thinking about myself because that's what I do. I'm mm-hmm. Like, oh, I gotta get groceries, or oh man, I'm getting fat, Spoken or whatever. Like a true artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in New York, what what the internal uh, monologue turned into is when you're walking down, you have to pass through fucking time. Do we? Can I swear on this? Oh yeah. All Great. The, yeah, all fuck. The time. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, when I'm when I'm walking down fucking Times Square and I'm what's going on in my head at that point especially after a few years of living there is like fuck you fuck you fuck you what do you want what do you want who's looking at me fuck this guy what do you want you want to talk to me go fuck yourself fuck you fuck you ah tourist that's it Honestly, that's like that's the int- it's I don't and I don't like that. That's right. not a comfortable place to be. That's not a, a badge of pride. New York's not how human beings are supposed to exist on this planet. No. Not even remotely. Like it it's testing all the time. And yeah. then and if like the weather was nice at least that'd be one thing. And if the rent was a little cheaper, like I you're paying 2 grand a month you're living in a shoebox. The weather's outside is probably shit unless it's maybe one like one week in October, one week in yeah. April, where it's nice, <laughs> and uh, you know. But like, it's and it's it's like you know, a bad relationship when you're fighting to keep the thing that's making you miserable. Exactly. It's a, it was a very codependent, poor poor relationship. It was like I right. was trying to really impress it, and it just didn't care about me. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Everyone says, "Oh, I love New York," but you know what? New York doesn't give a fuck about you. It doesn't. It doesn't no. give a fuck about you. And I know there's greedy landlords everywhere, but like in the last five years, especially, it's just gone to hell. All my favorite bars are closing down. All my favorite coffee shops are closing down. It's just it sucks. And uh, you know what's opening is they're they're more Chase banks, more Starbucks. Yeah. They're knocking down cool buildings. They're fucking building skyscrapers. The Hell's Angels just moved to Long Island because they couldn't afford to rent on Third Street anymore. Seriously, yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's nuts. Gone are the days of like I grew up on the like on the like Seinfeld or the uh, the Ghostbusters version of New York, and that's what I wanted so bad. And mm-hmm. I what I wouldn't give to like travel back in time and see that seedier. Oh, I would love it. Where I 80s. fit in better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, like Williamsburg, if you walk down Bedford Avenue in Williamsburg lately. It's it's a fucking disgrace. It's just Times Square with 25-year-old hipsters that have finance jobs that want to pretend they're artists. That's all it is. You go out to Bushwick, it's a bit better. bed you know, you get, like, some broke artists out there that are trying yeah. to sustain. But, like, all these artists move into these shitty neighborhoods. They make them super cool. And then they get forced out, you know, gentrification. And it's, it just sucks. And that's what New York is now. It's just every neighborhood has just gone to the dogs. Yeah. And, you know, it's I'm sure it's great if you have a safety net or if you come from money, you know. Mm-hmm. But so is any city, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> when yeah. It's just not, it's not, it is not, 
it is no longer an incubator of any sort of creativity. It is an incubator of the already successful, the overly produced, the you know, the catering to the to the rich people because it's just that's just the cycle it's going in right now, and it mm-hmm. it may come down again, but like it's not a place, it's not a welcoming place for people with uh, not a lot of resources, but a lot of chutzpah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just it's just not, and the quality of life is is poor, especially if you just. Um, if you're really struggling to, you know, make ends meet already. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not the place for for me. Mm-hmm. What was the final straw? When did you decide I'm getting out of New York? Um, okay, so I got off of this tour. Um, of I did this for like three years in a row, this Evil Dead the Musical tour, which was super fun. It was out of Toronto, and it was sort of like podunk. Um, but I had so much fun doing it, and I got back into town, um, broke up with this girl, which is like a big reason. It was usually like some girl that was like kind of like I can't move, and um, I just like had this realization. I was like, "There's nothing I want here." I Cats was back on Broadway, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> that what? was it. I'm fucking out of <laughs> yeah, here. Cats was on Broadway. I packed my bag and fucked off. <laughs> uh, no, I you know, and I I just I just had I just decided to admit defeat. In a way, you know, and I, I just surrendered to the feeling of like, I'm not happy here. My quality of life is not great. I don't, I don't enjoy my day to day, and that bleeds through to my work. That bleeds through to auditions. That bled through to my writing, and I was writing a lot of dark shit at that point, you know. And I was going through some some other, you know, like uh, getting sober and stuff like that again, and um, and that was like just a part of my. I don't know, it was part of the, like, amends to myself in a way. It's like, I don't want to be here. And then also I wanted to produce, and I was much more interested in, in film and TV and voiceover work. And I just realized, I was like, I could do that in a town I want to be in. Um, and I've always wanted to move to L.A. I just never allowed myself. I was like, I'm going to be here for 10 years. Um, and then for literally over the course of three months, it was the last summer I was there, I was just like, I'm going to do this. Um, this is what's happening, and all the pieces fell together really, really nicely. What year was that? 2016. Right. Two qu- Before we get to L.A., two quick questions to follow up on that. Number one, have you seen the Cats movie trailer? <laughs> <laughs> it, Shit. it haunts my nightmares. It, yeah, it's fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, fuck. That and Sonic the Hedgehog was, it was disturbed. Oh both of them were pretty teeth. disturbing. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, what are you doing in my childhood? And <laughs> to be honest, it is the trailer we deserve for Cats the musical, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> the and the second question, um, you said writing and sober in the same sentence. What the the dumbest thing I ever hear heard is when people say, "Oh, you know." If I quit drinking, I won't be as creative and able to write. What would you say to those people? How do you write when you're sober with clarity versus when you're fucked up? How does that, what's the difference for you? I would just say look back at all the shit that you wrote when you were drunk or high, and mm-hmm. th- and really think: is that really my true potential? Was that was that really the best I could do? And may some of it may be entertaining. And there's some shit that I came up with that I really liked that I came up with on shrooms or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, that was a brilliant idea. But I would have never been able to sustain or write any of that out. Um, I I did have that fear, and I I've I've struggled with that, you know, throughout, you know, my journey of recovery in the past, you know, seven years mm-hmm. or so. 
and it's like uh you know am i just the clown am i am i useful to people you know having actual feelings <laughs> right and having to 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 um live through that and the mm. answer is like to me is like I can't possibly living it be living at my full potential if I'm dousing that out with yeah. like you know drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I like, totally agree with you. I, I'll never know what my full potential is if I'm consistently running away from my actual emotions and trying to cover that up. So, at least I have a fighting chance at getting to my like peak mm-hmm. creativity, whatever, whenever, if that ever will ever feel that way. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, so, how did you get to LA? Did you drive across country? No, man. I um I took a I took a plane and um, my um. Did you sell off all your shit in New York? I had nothing to sell. <laughs> right. I mean, t- to be honest, I lived out of two suitcases, and I've been living that way since I was about eighteen. I hate having stuff. I've I've been a minimalist before I even knew what that was. Um, people get me shit for Christmas. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> shit. Um, so it was pretty easy. And I'd been on tour and I was working on ships, so I had nothing of my own really um and i moved with everything two big bags and backpack and um yeah i came out here and um i had already had housing set up (laughs) where did you live when you first moved to la so for the first two years i lived in a trailer in the woods in brentwood i was not expecting that answer (laughs) (laughs) what is it with the trailers man (laughs) Uh, why did you agree to, to that? So this was a day camp. Um, it's kind of a ritzy, kind of really cool day camp that's been there since the like fifties. Um, called Tumbleweed, and it's super cool. And um, they they're up in the hills in Brentwood, off of Sunset, like mm-hmm. kind of behind the Getty, essentially. And I worked there about ten years before when I was like freshman in college, like that summer. And um, some people I worked with ended up buying the camp, and. It just like like I said like when I was moving I just made the decision it all kind of worked out my sister had worked there both my sisters and um, um, they were looking for a new caretaker so it was free rent it was free rent for work so I worked for rent I took care of um, I took care of goats and horses and bunnies and chickens and watered lawns took out trash um, so uh, for uh, for anyone listening that doesn't know LA Brentwood is nice it's like Beverly Hills <laughs> but like way nicer. Where the fuck is there a goat farm and a trailer for you to stay in over there? <laughs> well, it's at the top of it's at the top of Hanley. Uh, yeah, it's in a very nice neighborhood. So, we, did you have time to be creative while you were feeding the goats and yeah. living in a trailer? You did. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I I came here with full intention of leaving theater behind. Mm-hmm. And that was okay for the moment. To get into film. To get into film, um, I was I was considering just going into development. I thought that's kind of where what I, what I wanted to do, at least for like a vocation. Uh-huh. So I got a job as a post PA at a docu series uh, production company, and um, they kept trying to bump me up because I was um, cause I'm dedicated. And, you know, I, I work my ass off in whatever I'm doing, and they and finally there was uh, after just a few months, there looked like there was might have been an avenue into development. At which point, I realized. No fucking way. <laughs> that sounds like death to me. Right. Um, so I did that, but I also immediately, right when I got here to go back to the theater thing, is um, I almost immediately got involved with this show called Cruel Intentions, the musical, which oh. eventually went off Broadway. Was that? I never heard of it. That was a thing? Yeah, it was a thing. And uh, my buddy John- um, Was it true to the film or did it just- Pretty true to the film. Right. Yeah. My buddy John um, called me up and they're like looking for this role. And I was like, well, shit, I'm here. I could do that. And they cast me. And then from that, 
I've basically been doing one show after the other. I just can't. I can't help myself. <laughs> you just been to move to LA to get into theater. Then wasn't the plan, and I'm still doing it. Um, well, in Santa Monica, is it on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard? Is that where all the theaters are? That no, I was tra- I was commuting basically to Hollywood oh. and East LA all the time. Cause there's gotcha. there's like a place called the Rockwell Table and Stage that does a lot of shows. And then I've like done theater. Like I'm doing another show next month um, up in Thousand Oaks, which is like a massive like equity house theater. What are the houses like? Would it be busy? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, in LA, theater's kind of a weird beast. It's like. Um, there's a lot of little theater everywhere. I mean, it's just like packed with just little theaters doing shows and little theater companies that are constantly popping up and going. And um, there's a lot of stuff to be to be done out here. There's a, there's a few big houses: the Geffen, Pasadena, La Mirada, mm-hmm. um, Five Star to some degree. Um, and uh, you know, there's theater to be had. Um, it doesn't pay you like it does in New York, so it's like. It's tough to subsist solely like on that. off Broadway in New York or Broadway. Yeah, like it doesn't pay like an off Broadway show. Right. I would not, you know, I would not in any way, shape, or form try to compare it with any Broadway shows. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like even that, you know, they pay you a rate where you can live off of it at least for a little while. Mm-hmm. But out here, it's like it's a necessity to be doing something else, um, whether it be voiceover or you know building furniture like I'm doing right now um, to fill in the gaps. Right. Th- when did you decide to get out of the trailer on Brentwood? I was there for two years, man. I was Shit. glamping for two Must be nice not years. having to pay rent at the first of the month at least. Dude, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was tough because it would be like I'd be working, I'd be doing shows or like, you know, and there was other stuff I did too. I produced a music video, produced a short film and, um, and you know worked in locations for a hulu show i did everything but it was tough because the hours were so intense on set or something mm-hmm. and um and then you'd get home and like you'd have to do the work what kind of work so well, feeding the goats and feeding the goats cleaning stuff out you know um with the horses i had to be more regimented because they're really sensitive so that was like they were only there in the summer but i had to be really intense about the times that i fed them and like you know watered them and stuff because they get really temperamental but you know, I'd have to. The biggest thing was I had to take out all the trash from all the parties of the week, and that was like in a big work truck. And so sometimes I would have to come back and and do that at like two in the morning because like it had to be done for before the next day. Right. So that's it, stressful. It was a little stressful, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep up there. Um, but it was um, I was super grateful for it while I had it. It was a really really unique rando. LA experience. <laughs> well, I bet, yeah. yeah. So when did you decide that's it, I'm out of here? Uh it you know, it just kinda naturally happened. I made a goal to get out of there, um, because I just felt like I wanted to be on the east side anyway. Um at the end of what's that, two thousand eighteen. I was just like I wanna be out by December. Um this other guy that had been working there forever was interested in moving in, so that's when you moved to East Hollywood. Yeah, and then I, I did this feature with this guy um, a year before who um, was looking for a place, um, looking for a roommate uh, to fill a spot in Silver Lake. So it was just like, again, just like came together because mm-hmm. it just did. Silver Lake is the closest thing to Brooklyn in LA. Absolutely, it really it is, is the hippest place yeah. I've ever lived. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's just, it's like um, my pants are so tight right now. Can you? Tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Williamsburg, but without the fucking chaotic uh, street traffic with all the people. Yeah. It's, it's chill. Yeah, it really it's chill. Is. And I it's, love it. It's still a fair amount of families, which is kind of cool, mm-hmm. too. It's like 
a lot of hipsters, a lot of young folks, but it's it's a lot more people that are more in my my league. They're like truly a little more more bohemian. They're not right. It's not a lot of there are there's some money, but mm-hmm. a lot of the people that the, the circles I run in, I feel more akin to. I don't feel like. You know, I'm like, how are you going on vacation every holiday <laughs> when you're yeah. a struggling artist? Uh-huh. So people, you just said people. Let's talk about people. The biggest thing, the two things that we'll talk about right now, since it's September and we're talking about moving from New York to L.A., the people, I, I, because I, every winter for the last 14 years I brought up, I'm going to move to L.A. because I fucking hate the winter. Every football injury I've ever had, is now sore. My face hurts walking down the street in New York. I need to get the fuck out of here. My brother always laughed about how, like, oh, it's January. You're about to start talking about moving to L.A. <laughs> and I, and then finally I did. But um, the and asking people in New York that had been to L.A. or lived in L.A., what's it like out there? The first thing people always said was that the people suck in L.A. Now, last week we had someone on the show that kind of um, was a little anti LA this week we have you who's who loves it out here. Yeah. Um I'm indifferent kind of. I'm still on the fence. Um but I do kind of agree with a lot of the forewarnings that some of the people, especially in West LA, are the worst human beings I've ever met in my entire fucking life. But there are on the east side and where I tell every New Yorker to move to Las Villas, Las East Hollywood, Echo Park, Silver Lake, it there are a lot more down to earth. But what's your opinion on people in Los Angeles? My counter to that is, have you ever been to the Upper East Side? <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah, West L.A., yeah. You're talking, like, you're the richest of the rich, entitled, people driving around their Porsche 911s, you know, honking at people. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of diversity over there. There's people that are set in their ways. Yeah, I mean, sorry, but, like, old, rich, white people suck. Like, we all know this. It's a common theme. Right. There's so, some shitty young people, too, though, over there. Yeah. It's just more th- you know where they came from? The old rich white people. <laughs> no, you know what? You're not wrong. There's a, there's a definitely a vapid sensibility with some people. And I'll just I'll speak a little negatively about L.A. for a minute. There's this thing I like to call the L.A. Uh, the L.A. No. It's what I, I've, I've coined it, which actually means they say, oh, maybe or yes, mm-hmm. where people are afraid to be speak their mind or they don't want to step on people's toes and it's sort of the root of a lot of the issues people have with people out here where it's like hey I have this performance or I'm doing this thing or I want you on this project and instead of getting like no I'm busy or like a yeah oh absolutely or mm-hmm. like a maybe let me check my schedule mm-hmm. I've realized now that translates to oh you're not you're not interested or this is a no whatever the thing may be that is one thing that is frustrated and that is one thing I do like about New York the is more that direct. like they're more direct, and it is mm-hmm. good because it just for, for brevity's sake. Like I'm, I've wasted a lot of time out here learning that lesson, being like, oh, and then getting ghosted by somebody because people don't have a lot. They don't want to step on anyone's toes. Nobody wants to burn a bridge. I'll say that about L.A. people. It's the culture. It's definitely a thing. Having said that, I prefer to be nice to people. I enjoy being nice to people. I enjoy when people are kind to me when I'm ordering a sandwich at the deli. Like, I don't need someone barking orders at me. You know what I mean? Um, People say hi to me on the street I don't know. Mm -hmm. If I'm on a hike, a hike, you hear that, New Yorkers? A hike (laughs) in the beautiful, beautiful many hikes we have, people wave at you, say hi. They got a beautiful dog, they'll let you pet them. It's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a nicer way to live. I don't know if everyone here is just happier because the sun's out, if the the weather's better. 
or there's tacos. I don't know which which one it is, but it's certainly not the case in New York. What I didn't like about New York is that I was many times criticized for being too kind, and mm-hmm. it beat it out of me a little for a little bit. The second thing people in New York would tell me about don't move to L.A. is don't move to L.A. because you have to drive. Now, you told me that when I met you last week, you don't you got rid of your car. How is that experience uh, having a car in L.A. versus not having a car in L.A.? Um, having a car in L.A. is better. I'll be honest. It's better to have a car... Um, He's chugging a monster energy drink right now. He's I like, am. he's getting ready for this. He's, he's I'm prepping. Getting ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, th- I had, a, I had a car for two years. <laughs> and circumstances out of my control. I just didn't. Uh, I moved, got rid of the car. I just haven't been able to get another one that, of that's useful yet. I, you can live here without a car though, and I have been doing that for eight months. Um, I'm on the verge of getting another one. Thank God though. Um, but I live right next to the red line which is the metro system. Mm-hmm. I know well. It's great for going downtown. It's great for going downtown. Um, if you need to get to the Valley, you can get to the Orange Line. Um, the Expo Line will get you all the way to Santa Monica. It's definitely not the New York subway, though. No, yeah. it's not. And the buses here are fr- The buses here, disaster. I avoid them at all costs. What about Uber? Do you spend a lot of money a week on Uber or Lyft? I was at first, but I decided that I'd rather walk. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'll, I just, I just set aside the time. Once you get used to the, the, the culture of, you know, having to rely on public transportation in LA, mm-hmm. you just realize that things are going to take you a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a bummer because I like to be a really productive guy mm-hmm. and it definitely cuts down on time that I can be productive because mm-hmm. sometimes you just can't really get work done on yeah. a bus or train. So if someone was moving out here, you'd tell them, yeah, you should probably get a car. I would suggest getting a car yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you don't, if that's what's keeping you from moving out here, like you can do it. It's totally doable. It's fine. You people think you're like a, a saint or a martyr when I tell them I don't have a car. Okay. Yeah. They're like, oh no. Yes, I just ride horses. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just rent rickshaws everywhere and it really works out. A lot of New Yorkers don't have licenses too, and they're just kind of, you have a, I, I didn't get my driver's license until five years ago. And there's like a fear of, oh, I can't drive. But once you start driving, you do get the hang of it. Dude, it's awesome. And yeah. you know what a great thing about it is, is especially having a car, when you if you can you know muster that when you get here, at any point in the day, like today if I had a car and I was just like, I'm having a shit day or I really need to see some water, I need to see something, I can drive to Santa Barbara in an hour and a half or something That's like true. that. It's great to get away. There's no planning. In New York, it's like, okay, we're going on a trip. We're going out of the state. Okay, we need to rent a car. We need to have this, 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 and this. It's a massive ordeal, and it's like for a day trip to get a picnic or something up there, wherever you're going, mm-hmm. and it's like a whole to-do. Where here, it's like, I want to go see uh, flowers. I'm going to go drive. Mm-hmm. It'll take me a little while, and I'm there, and I'm enjoying myself. I have complete mobility and freedom of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Where's the worst place? When I think of the two worst things about both cities, where's the worst place to be? On the 6th train going north, you're crowded. It's 5 o'clock in the evening. The AC's not working in the train anymore. It's sweating. There's a homeless guy stinking the whole carriage up. The guy next to you's elbows and you're literally in the cheek of your face. Or you're stuck on the 405 in insane traffic. You haven't moved in half an hour and you're by yourself. Where's the worst place for you to be? Give me the the train, man. I don't want to be next to someone's armpit, dude. If I'm in traffic... So you want to be in the car? I'd rather be in the car, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Climate controlled. 
I got free I got free agency over anything I want to listen to. I don't have to listen to the guy trying to rap <laughs> loudly or whatever the whatever the fuck he's doing. I don't know why guys do that. Right. <laughs> In New York so oh, often. The, and showtime happens. That, and that showtime happens. Oh my god. Um, Fucking showtime. But like I, I'd rather be in in that area, and then for me, I can sing my face off. I can call people, you know, with uh, hands free, of course. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot more. I like the privacy of being in a car. You know what? Though I would honestly take the train, and here's why. I think for anyone prone to depression, being in that car by yourself for two hours, it it, it takes a lot out of me. But I, like you said, I guess you do have a phone. You, have you a can phone. call people. Yeah. You just go hey, listen to podcasts. Turn on the sustaining artists. Listen to that. Listen. That's that's it, dude. Over <laughs> and over. Are great. And I didn't get into podcasts until I moved to LA. Oh, now dude. I'm like, oh my god, they're game changers, especially when you're driving. Oh, they're massive, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm a I've been a podcast like nerd for for many years now, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that it's becoming more and more of a thing mm-hmm. because it is like. It's the best, man. You're just like listening. It's like having someone in the car with you. you It's like having someone in the car. There's all this Mm -hmm. free information, really, Mm -hmm. that's coming your way. There's a podcast about everything now. Yeah, exactly. And it's fucking awesome. What have you um, worked in film since you came out? Yeah, I did. um, I did. I acted in a feature last year, and um, I did. I did locations for this Hulu show called Light as a Feather um, for, like, about three months. Location scout? Location, that was my title, but really it was more like, it was just three of us in the department, so it was like... It's a fun job when you have a budget. Yeah, and we we didn't. They were doing this pretty Mm. low budget. So you're looking for favors and it turns into a really shitty job. It was a tough job. Mm. It was a tough job and I learned a lot, though. What I liked about it was that I basically dealt with every department, but because it was such a small thing, I was doing things that a lot of other location scouts or location PAs wouldn't be doing, so it was like tech scouts i actually did a lot of scouting for like locations i did permitting um, but then you have to do things like uh, surveying which a lot of people don't realize that when you like film in a neighborhood mm-hmm. you uh you have to go knock on every door <laughs> in a certain yes. radius and talk to people i and did not do that when we I, were in new york yeah shooting. i mean it's a little different you gotta get permits everywhere out here too yeah you have to it's yeah it's, it's a lot easier in new york and they're pretty easy for you they're just waiting to give you you know especially if you roll up with some trucks it's just like you know mm-hmm. people are just waiting to i'll say one thing up. about the nypd man I, I shot a film in new york and we had guns uh exteriors uh, scenes with guns firing blanks and the NYPD showed up on set for free and hung out with us the whole day and never charged a dollar, dollar and they were so cool it was like one of the best experiences I've ever had in the film set was like how cool the NYPD film and TV unit were wow. uh, yeah I, and I you know for any screenwriters if you're shooting on a low budget um, I wouldn't recommend exterior fucking guns shootouts no. anywhere except in Manhattan because if we'd done it in Yonkers because we were shooting on the border of the Bronx and Yonkers it would cost us a fortune really so yeah that service is a New York City thing and they actually do make filmmaking easier for you in New York but then in LA you get the permits and um, it means you can shut streets down you know well if you get that permit because there's there's there were situations where we didn't have that permission to to close down the streets and we had to get very uh (laughs) creative (laughs) right yeah to, to, to to figure that out and um I'll say this though: the cops here were always really cool too. I think mm-hmm. that by nature, the, the 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 policemen that they end up getting to do those jobs, they must just be really they cool enjoy filmmaking too, probably. Yeah. So what, what's next? What's the plan? Well, the plan is uh, the next thing I'm doing right now is I'm about to do start rehearsals for this uh, version, this iteration of Music Man, starring uh, Adam Pascal. 
of Rent fame, which I'm really excited about, playing Marcellus to his I'm excited Bill. to come catch a show. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. it's going to be cool, um, which I'm pumped about. It's at Five Star Theatricals, which is in Thousand Oaks. It's a really amazing mm-hmm. house and theater. It's led by this guy, Patrick Cassidy, who's kind of a Broadway star in his own right, Shirley Jones's son. Uh, I'm also producing a podcast right now. Oh, nice. It's called Norpcast. That's all I'll say about it. It's oh, cool. It's satirical. It's nothing like this. It'll be very uh, hot, overly produced on purpose. I can't wait when I'm stuck in traffic, <laughs> depressed out of my mind. I'm going to turn that on. You're going to cheer. You're going to save my day. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'm just, I'm working on just like a slew of projects, collaborating with other people. And, um, and then I, I'm just still, um, pretty focused performance-wise on uh, voiceover work. I signed with right. um, Abrams' voiceover um, uh, department last Congrats, year, man. and That's I've great. just been focused um, mostly on that, but I still I mean, I can't stop doing theater. <laughs> right, yeah, keep it going. I mean, I'm a theater guy, too. I love it. Where can um, people follow you on uh, Instagram? What's, oh. What, your, your name, Trent Mills? It's uh, at Giant Trent. <laughs> on Instagram, <Really>? yeah. <laughs> Great. Are you, um, you going to post info on the shows and whatnot? Absolutely, Great. Yeah. So everyone in L.A. will hopefully come catch a show. I'll definitely be there. Yeah, I would love for that. And it's it's going to be a really uh, – it's going to be a pretty intense and awesome production. They're really pulling oh, yeah. out all the stops, um, especially since Adam's going to be a part of it. And it's going to be cool. That's be really awesome, cool. man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was a pleasure having you uh, here. And I can say that, you know, guy like yourself, you came from fucking – this poor background Every, you know everyone wants to see a guy like that succeed uh. <laughs> so I know everyone listening and uh, are rooting for you man I'm rooting for you I hope we get to work together sometime Dude, um, awesome. yeah you me and Hannah Jane get the band back yeah yeah. and you know lastly I'll say this I, I knew you in New York I met you in LA you seem a lot happier in LA Thanks, and we man. talked some shit about LA on the show in the past but you know LA seems to be treating you very well and I hope it continues to do so so thank you thanks brother it was a fucking pleasure thank you man So that was The Sustaining Artist. Um, Thank you, Trent Mills, for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you to Pat Shearer in New York, who cut together today's episode, and to Marco and Nick for capturing sound. All right, um, be sure to uh, leave us a a review on um, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Subscribe. We now have an Instagram page called The Sustaining Artist. Give us a follow. If you uh, have any questions, you're interested in coming on the show, you're in LA, shoot me a message. We do respond to strangers. All right, thank you, and see you guys next week.